Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, October 25th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. Just me again today, just sitting in my my basement here with my dog, Bella. We're going to get through this radio show. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of an interesting show today. I don't, I'm not sure how well it's going to go. Um, I think it's going to go amazing, but again, you don't know because we're going to do this pretty much live. Um, the last couple days with school has been insane. I haven't really had time to make an outline for this show. So uh, basically what I like to do is write out an outline of the certain topics that I like to talk about. But it's going to be interesting today because we're going to kind of freeball it, uh, do it kind of live here, a little freestyle radio show, um, because I just haven't had time. But we're obviously going to go through every single, t- every single headline, um, talk about it. Um, we got some questions that I'm going to answer, but again, it's just going to be a little bit live today, so we don't have as much uh, research done so we're not going to do research today it's just going to be free ball just give my opinion on each topic and we'll go through it so we're going to start with baseball we'll talk about the world series basketball we got a little to- little bit of a uh, some topics i wanted to talk about there football obviously we'll do game picks and a couple other storylines give you an update on chad kelly and that situation uh update on Le'Veon bell um a couple other things I wanted to talk about, and then we'll get you out of here with some question and answer. Uh, but before that, uh, we're going to start with baseball. Like I said, the World Series, we're at Game 3 now. Um, the Red Sox have won the first two games. Uh, the first game, I believe they won 8-4, uh, to four, I believe. Um, and then yesterday they won 4-2 uh, to two with David Price pitched an absolute gem of a game. Um he only allowed two earned runs. Uh, he pitched, I think, six innings. So, I mean, he really came out and dominated it. And then that bullpen for the Red Sox, which has been shaky um, a lot of the playoffs and a lot of the end of the season, uh, came through in a big way for them and really helped them to uh, shut the door on the uh, Dodgers. The Dodgers, they haven't been playing bad, but they're just like Kershaw gave them a pretty bad start in game one. Um, and I'm not sure who pitched game three, game two. Um, game two, but the Dodgers just have seemed very, uh, out of it. They don't really seem like they're, you know, they understand what's going on right now. They're they're down 2-0. It's very hard to come back after a 2-0. Um, and I just, I'm not sure they understand the severity behind where they're at right now. Oh, Ryu started game two, which was what I thought. I didn't want to say it out loud though. Again, it's a live show. So, um... As far as the rest of the series goes, I don't see the uh, Dodgers winning anymore. I could see Game Three, but again, we got Game two more games before the for the uh, Red Sox close it out. And their two starters in those next two games are Rick Porcello and Evaldi, who have been their two best starters this entire the entire playoffs. Chris Sale and David Price usually struggle, um, and they didn't do that this time around. Chris Sale he he struggled a little bit. He wasn't as dominant as everybody thought, but he did pitch well enough to get them the win. And then Evaldi. I mean, and then uh, David Price pitched out of his mind, which nobody thought he would do it because, again, he has this reputation for being kind of a choker in the playoffs. But he did come through, and he, you know, he he pitched really well. And I gotta say, we gotta give him credit for that. But as far as the rest of the series goes, um, if there's any game I see them winning, it's the next game, Game Three. Obviously, they'll be at home, uh, so they'll get some home field advantage. They got Walker Bueller on the mound, who's been an absolute stud for them so far, and they found I think their next next ace is uh, whenever Kershaw decides to leave. If it's next year, it's next year. I believe they have their next ace in Walker Bueller, um, and that's just 
a really good sign for Dodgers fans. Even though they might lose the World Series, they do have an ace of the future, I believe. Um, but again, it's going to be evolved. It's going to be uh, uh, Porcello versus Bueller. Again, Porcello's pitched really well, but he has struggled at times, so he is not unbeatable. This team is beatable, but this lineup that the Red Sox have is just so powerful. It's Everybody kind of assumed it was going to go this way. I don't think anybody really picked the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers have the talent to do it, but I just don't think they'll come back from a 2-0. I think this will finish up in 5, maybe 6 if the Dodgers are lucky. Um, but I don't see them stealing a game on the road. Uh, so if the Dodgers really want to make some you know, waves here, they got to win uh, the next couple of games here in Los Angeles. So that's all I want to talk about with the World Series. Um, World Series is awesome. I love it so much. It's This is playoff baseball right here. This is what they should have been doing from the beginning. Um, 8 o'clock start. It's cold out. You're in Boston. It's going to be a little different in Los Angeles, but you're in Boston. Such a historic city. Such a historic baseball franchise. There's two historic baseball franchises going at it. Uh, I know our boy Brian sent me a text last night saying, the last time the Dodgers... And the Red Sox played each other. Um, Babe Ruth was the starting pitcher for the Red Sox. And he pitched 14 uh, shutout innings, which is insane to think about it in its own. We got a little bit of a discussion on that. And guys who pitched, you know, how many innings they've pitched. Uh, and uh, we were talking about the longest uh, game ever pitched, which was, I believe, I wrote it down. I don't have the names in front of me. Because um, it's insane if you think about it now. Because if guys pitch over 120 pitches, you know, that's unheard of. Um, but there was a game uh, May 1st, 1920, between the uh, Dodgers, who, are, who were the Robins at the time, and then the, uh, the Braves. Um, a guy for the Braves um, named Joel, I'm going to butcher this name, Oshiger. And then the dude for the Robins, who are now the Dodgers, Leon Cardo. Uh, they pitched both those two pitchers, only two starting pitchers used in the whole game, only one pitcher for each team. They all they both pitched 26 innings. I'm going to let that sink in. 26 innings. Babe Ruth pitched 14. That's insane. Now, pretty much double that almost. And the only reason they ended that game was because it was getting dark out and they didn't have lights back then. That's an insane thing to think about, um, and we're going to talk about that more in depth. I want to get Brian on the show to talk about that a little more. Um, but they estimated, I started to read into it a little bit, that both pitchers pitched about 300 pitches, and these are just like fastballs and curveballs. Nothing crazy nowadays, um, but it just shows you how times have changed because now it's like it's very unheard of for a pitcher to go past nine innings. Nine innings is probably the top, the top uh, that they'll get. They won't. You, they won't have a starting pitcher going to ten if it goes into extras, um, and then they won't have a pitcher pitch over a hundred pitches or close to it. And, you know, it's very rare to some find somebody who will pitch over you know one twenty. But take that a hundred pitch count usually and triple that, um, and then take that inning count and double that and add six basically. I mean seven. Uh, it's insane to think about. Um, and these guys were doing it almost every night. Uh, so you got to give credit to these older guys, these older uh, players, because uh, they really went through it and it just shows how times have changed. And we've talked about it before on the show, records that will never be broken. Um, a pitcher going, two pitchers going 26 innings, that's something I think you're fa you're pretty safe to say will never um, happen again. Uh you know, I think that's one record I'd bet my life on that they'll never happen again. I would bet that 
you know, I'd go to jail if that record would ever be broken. It's, it's impossible. There's no way any pitcher will ever pitch 26 straight innings in a row. Um, and it's very rare for a game to even go that long. But to have the one pitcher pitch the entire length of that game is insane. But we're going to talk about that some more. I wanted to dive in that. Baseball history is crazy. If you really dive into it, um, some of these games were just insane. Um, and I'd like to get Brian on a, to dive into some of that history because I think that would be interesting. Um, but we're going to move now to our next baseball topic. The Twins got their manager now. Um, Rocky, uh, Rocky Rocco. Maybe it's Rocco. R-O-C-C-O. I don't know. Baldy. Um, he is their next manager. Um, I guess he was pretty. He was a pretty talented player for the Rays, but I guess he had a pretty bad uh, health condition and he had to go to retirement. Um, but he's been with the Rays for a long time, uh, and that's why he has risen through the managers. He's risen through uh, the uh, ranks as a manager. He's 37, so he is pretty young. He is actually uh, the youngest uh, manager for the Twins franchise, um, and the Twins really need. A new manager, I think Craig, uh, Craig Council, uh, Paul Molitor was there last year. He did a fine job. He obviously got them to the playoffs two years ago, but uh, one playoff seed in nine years just isn't going to cut it. And they had to move on. And I think I think following firing Paul Molitor was a little bit premature for the Twins. Um, but again, I guess going from a, a playoff team to a team that's barely competing over five hundred is pretty embarrassing. And it is a good time for the Twins right now because they're the second best team in the AL Central. And they really could, uh, if they could put together some wins, they could challenge the Indians a little bit because the Indians didn't have that great of a year last year. And if they would have had a team like the Twins who were just a little bit competent, a little bit better than what they were, they would have been fighting for a playoff. Uh, they would have been fighting for that uh, AL crown, AL Central crown pretty much the entire year. Uh, so this is going to be interesting. You know, it's a young guy. Um, like I said, he had to. Get, he had to retire at 29 because of this uh, disease that he has. Um, I I don't see the disease on the thing on the article I'm reading right now. But uh, hopefully, you know, well, not hopefully. I hate the Twins. I really could give three craps who they hire because I know the Indians will smash them every single step of the way. But again, it's interesting to see, and it looks like we got pretty much all of the spots filled uh, in baseball. Um, so that's it for baseball. Like I said, we're gonna transition now into uh basketball obviously uh with the world series coming up that's the show that's the topic we're going to lead off with um and then hopefully on tuesday we will uh, have a new champion uh in the uh al in the in the mlb sorry um so basketball, it's been a crazy couple of days. We've had some high-scoring affairs. Some guys have really um, played well. We'll talk about Blake Griffin first. So Blake Griffin, two days ago, had 50 points, 14 rebounds, and six six assists versus the 76ers. Um, Blake Griffin has been known pretty much his entire career as a really good a top 30 NBA player uh, for the Clippers, but basically people just know him because of those insane dunks he does all the time, uh, the dunk uh, show he did a couple years ago, um, and he hasn't really been known for anything else, um, and then he got traded to Detroit, um, where he kind of fell a little bit, people didn't really, the spotlight wasn't on him as much, because again, Detroit versus LA, um, but he has changed his game a lot, and this is going to help him out a lot, you know, scoring 50 points versus a good team like the 76ers is really um, impressive, he only, he scored 28 points in the first half, which is insane, uh, he's really transitioning his game, um, and that's, I think people have kind of written him off, just because of the sole fact he was traded to the, uh, um, 
Pistons, people kind of wrote him off and just said, oh, well, he's just going to go collect his check and, you know, he's going to slowly start to, his his, uh, career and his play of game is going to slowly start to decrease and he's just going to get worse and worse. But he's transitioned his game, give credit to him, and he's learning how to play in this uh, day and age as a, uh, you know, an NBA player. He, he knows he needs an outside shot, and he's developing that a little bit. Uh, and then Steph Curry last night scored 51 points uh, in only three quarters. That's his sixth time Steph Curry's ever uh, scored over 50 points, which is insane. Um, he is the best player, best shooter, best offensive player in the game today. Uh, I don't think, I think that's very debatable. I don't think that's very debatable at all. Uh, I get it. Cavs fans around here hate talking about Steph Curry, but the man is just a straight-up weapon. He is so good, and the fact that he goes out here and scores 51 points, sixth time he's, sixth time he's ever scored over 50 or at 50, um, is insane. He is the best player in the NBA. He is the best offensive player in the NBA, and he did that all in three quarters. So he could have hit 75-80, I think, if he would have played another quarter, which is just, you know, it's just one of those games, you know, for Steph Curry, like I said, two-time MVP. He shot 15 for 24, 11 for 16 from three-pointers, and, you know, he could have had some massive numbers if he would have played in the fourth quarter, but again, they took him out. Uh, so give all credit to Steph Curry. He is just playing out of his mind uh, right now. So uh, what else did I wanted to talk about? Again, this is where the live part comes in because, I, like I said, I don't have an outline in front of me right now. Um, but I did see last night, if I am correct, um, give me one second here. The Lakers got their first win. Give them credit. You know, the Oklahoma City Thunder still haven't won yet, but the Lakers have gotten their first win. Um, so that leaves the Cavs and the Thunder as the only two teams who haven't won yet, um, which is sad for Cavs fans. I, I'm, I'm sad if I have to bring that up. But again, uh, give all credit to the Lakers. They put it together last night. It scored 131 versus the Phoenix Suns, who only scored 113. Um, Lance Stevenson led the way with 23 points, um, which is surprising. LeBron only had 19, which is kind of a down night for him. Um, but he did uh, get them their first win, so give them give them credit. You know, they're slowly starting to put this together. Um and tonight we got a, finally got a shot for both teams, both winless teams. Uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder take on the Boston Celtics tonight, hopefully getting their first win. Um, I don't think it will come here. I think they'll drop to 0-4 uh, and try to still search for that first win over the weekend. Uh, the Cavs, they got an opportunity tonight versus the Pistons, versus the Blake Griffin-led Pistons. Um, I don't think it's going to come there either. Um, it, it's a very strong argument right now, a very, very strong argument that the Cavs are the worst team in the league right now. Uh, and that's very, 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 very um, probable because the Cavs are just limping around very, very heavily. Uh, the Cavs just really don't uh, have much in terms of talent. Colin Sexton is still trying to come into his own as a rookie still in the NBA. He's only played four games. Kevin Love's not even playing tonight. He's dealing with a, a foot injury. So really, it's just going to be... Um, I think another loss for the Cavs, and it's just going to be a long season for them, hopefully tanking to get a lottery pick. Uh, and that would really help them out a lot, I think, getting some more talent into there. Um, I think that is it. Uh, 
of them in basketball. Yeah, I think that's what we're gonna all we're gonna talk about with basketball. We have a lot to talk about for basketball on Tuesday, um, but we will get into that. We got a lot of football, a ton of football. We got to break down. Uh, we're gonna do game picks. We got some stories on Chad Kelly. The Giants are trading. They're trading everything away. Um, but we're gonna get into that right now. But before that, I had to remind you guys that. Our show is always brought to you by D's Home Cuts. You don't need an outline when you got D's Home Cuts supporting your show. Um, D's Home Cuts, like I said, is the best place around Northeast Ohio. I say it every show uh, to get a fresh haircut at a low price. For only $7, you can get a fresh haircut and styling. Uh, Truman and I and about 90% of our guests have been getting our haircuts at D's for the last couple of months, close to a year now. And let me tell you, we've never looked or felt better. Every time you're going to go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut and they get better every single time because Dom is always upgrading his equipment. I was one of the first 10, maybe 15 guys to start going to D's. Truman was even earlier than I was. He convinced me to go. Um, I first went in December of last year. So like I said, we're coming up on a year now um, of me going to D's. But D's Home Cuts has been around for over a year now. It's just been a year since I've been there. Um, and every single time, the cuts have gotten just better every single time because Dom is just getting better, and he is making it so much easier for you to get a haircut. All you have to do is go to his bio on Instagram and set up an appointment directly there. Uh, if you want to talk to Dom, ask him questions before you, beforehand, um, send him a DM, and he'll answer every single thing you have to uh, uh, you, you want to know. Um, so Dom is a great haircut. He's a great barber, great haircutist, great great barber. Uh, he just does a really great job. And like I said, it gets better every single time. Uh, the shop gets nicer every time. The equipment gets nicer. But every single time, you're going to look out. You're going to walk out feeling fresh as hell. And you're going to look good. And like I said, Medina, Ohio, Northeast Ohio, the last couple of uh, months since Dom's been in action, uh, the boys have been getting some uh, buzz because everybody knows that Northeast Ohio is the place to go. Uh, to find yourself a nice boyfriend if you're a girl because all the guys in, in Northeast Ohio are getting their hair cut at these home cuts. Like I said, your hair is probably one of the most important things about you. It's a huge confidence factor. Um, and you feel great when you get a fresh haircut, especially when it's good. You feel like crap if you get a haircut and it looks like crap. But you feel you feel good when you go to D's. And let me tell you, it gets better every time. D's home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So we're going to talk some football. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of stories to break down. But before that, it's it's Thursday. So what are we going to do? We're going to do some game picks. Like I said, we don't need much research on these because we're football guys here. We know what, what game to pick. We know who to pick. So we're going to start with Thursday night's game, Miami and Houston. Miami travels to Houston. The uh, four and three Dolphins travel to the four and three Houston Texans, who have bounced back in a big way. Houston, the past couple of weeks, they have won four straight, starting zero and three, and they put themselves right back in contention uh, for a playoff seat. Miami has fallen. Um, you know, they started what was a three and one, and now they've lost you know a couple games in a row. Um, and they're going with Brock Osweiler, it looks like, again. The, the line is set at, at uh, seven and a half favorites for Houston. Um, 44 is the over. Um, I'm going to go with Houston here. I think Houston's the better team. They're on a four-game win streak, so it's obviously they're hot. And Miami is not. I don't think Brock Osweiler is going to have a revenge game here. I think he's going to come out to a big crowd of booing people. Um, and people are going to boo my man, Brock Osweiler, heavily. And I don't know how he's going to respond to that, but... Uh, if he can bounce back, he can bounce back, but I just don't see him doing it in this game. So I'm going to go with Houston here. Um, I don't know if I'd take the over. 
here. I wouldn't take the over here because Miami's offense is a little weird with Brock. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you're feeling a little uh, bold with the Brock and ship under center. But I'm going to go ahead and pick Houston here uh, and take the under. Philadelphia and Jacksonville. Uh, they're going to Jacksonville. The over set at 42 favorites, three-point favorites for the Eagles. Both teams that have been looking rough as of late. Both teams Two out of the four final teams last year uh, with the Jaguars and with Philadelphia. This game is in London, so it's at 9.30. Um, so actually, it's not at Jacksonville, but it pretty much is because Jacksonville is London's team. London loves the Jaguars. I don't know why. Blake Bortles seems to play a lot better over there than he does here. He's undefeated in London. Um, he's been having some troubles as of late. I think he turns it around here, and they get a huge win uh, in London, beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia has struggled as of late. Uh, last week's game versus the uh, Panthers was a huge downer for the uh, Eagles. They were up 17-0 at the end of the fourth, at the start of the fourth, and to blow a 17-zip uh, lead is just hard, and I don't know how they're going to bounce back. I don't think they will bounce back, and I think Jacksonville is pissed, and they'll come out here, their defense will be firing, and they'll get the win. So let's take it back to the States on Monday, on Sunday, sorry. Uh, Baltimore is traveling to Carolina, two very good teams playing each other. Uh, Baltimore, like I said, is 4-3, and three, and the Panthers are 4-2. and two. Uh, The Panthers have played well as of late. Um, they came back down 17-0 versus the Eagles last week, and they came back and won. Uh, Baltimore struggled last week, and they ended up losing to a very good Saints team. So where would you put both teams here? I don't know yet. I think they're both kind of middle of the pack. Uh, if I was going to pick a team here, I'd take the home dogs and pick the Carolina Panthers because I think the Panthers have a pretty good team. I like Cam Newton. That offense is coming around a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the uh, Carolina Panthers. I don't think the offense of the Baltimore Ravens is up to par yet with that defense. Uh, when it does, I think they'll be better. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the, the uh, Panthers here. Jets are going to Chicago. The next game we're going to talk about here. Chicago's three and three. The Jets are three and four. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, like I said, Chicago's lost two straight. They're struggling right now. Uh, the Jets lost last week in a big way uh, versus the uh, the Vikings. Sorry about that. Um, the Vikings are. Uh, they lost to the Vikings last week, 37 to 17, um, and the Vi and the Bears have lost two straight. So I'm going to pick the Bears here. I think the Bears are the way better team. They're favored by seven and a half. But in terms of um, other things that going on with this game, Sam Darnold is looking like a solid quarterback. He's able to move that offense. I think the Jets are a pretty frisky team because everybody kind of views them as bad. But they're going to come out, I think, some games and punch people in the face, and other games they're just going to come out you know, roll over uh, like they did last week. So I'm going to take the, the Bears here, but don't be surprised if the Jets start to make some waves here and then you look up from your uh, couch, you look up, you're watching Red Zone, and next thing you know, the Jets are up 20 to nothing at half or something crazy like that. Tampa Bay is going to Cincinnati. The next game we're going to talk about, the over here is set at 54 and a half, which is a lot. Um, but I guess Cincinnati's defense isn't great and so is Tampa Bay's. But Cincinnati's... Um, Cincinnati's lost two straight. Uh, they look pretty solid early on. Uh, and Tampa Bay, like I said, they won last week versus the struggling Browns team. But still, 
I don't know where I'd put this at because Tampa Bay lost their leader on defense when Kawan Alexander went out with a torn ACL. That's going to hurt them a lot. Uh, I really liked Kawan Alexander, and he was kind of the glue that held that team together. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to replace him that quickly. Levante David is a very good run, young linebacker, but uh, he's no Kawan Alexander. Uh, that's going to hurt them a lot. So I think I'm going to take Cincinnati here at home. Put them at 5-3 and three after a win. Uh, Cincinnati struggled as of late. Uh, they're looking to end that two-game slide they've been on the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I think this is a good opportunity for them to get a win back on the road. Back at home. And I don't think the road team, Tampa Bay, I don't think Jameis Winston. I'm not really sure where I rank Jameis Winston as of yet. So I'm going to go Cincinnati here. The next game, Seattle and Detroit. Uh Detroit was my sneaky team. I said it on the last show. Uh, they won two straight. Uh, uh, Seattle won last week versus Oakland, a bad Oakland team. Um, but I'm going, or two weeks ago, sorry, they had a bye week last week. So coming off a bye, Seattle coming off a bye is interesting. Um, I think Seattle could throw the upset here. Uh, the Lions were only favored by three points. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Seattle Seahawks here. I'm going to take the road dog. I'm going to take the road, uh, yeah, the road dogs here. Um, I think Detroit, like I said, is a very good team, um, but I think Seattle's defense is better set up to stop the dangerous run running game of the Detroit Lions than it is to stop the passing game. Their passing game is not bad, but I just don't think – I think their running game is a lot better. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Seattle Seahawks here on the road versus Detroit. Next game. Denver at Kansas City. Denver at Kansas City. Uh, so they played a couple weeks ago. Um, they, like I said, the Chiefs are six and one. Denver's three and four. Um, the Broncos lost that game. I'm gonna pull up the schedule here. Uh, the Broncos lost that game. What was the score of that? Shoot. Uh, give me a second here. They lost that game 27-13. to If you remember, that was a Monday night, I believe, or something around there. Um, they ended up losing that game. So they get a second crack at Mahomes. This is the first team to ever play Mahomes um, after playing him before. This is the first time Mahomes will face a team twice. Um, so maybe they have something on him a little bit now that they you know got used to playing him. Uh, what they're going to do, I don't know. But uh, I don't think Denver is that good. I think Denver is going to be one of these teams, or should have been one of these teams, selling at the deadline. Uh, that will be more more of that deadline stuff will happen over the weekend. But I think Denver is a team that's looking to sell right now. Um, they've had a lot of problems this past week with Chad Kelly, uh, his release. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but Kansas City is just one of the best teams in the NFL, and I don't think Denver has the firepower to stop them. Washington is going to the Giants. Uh, this is a pick'em game. Uh, there's no favorites here, uh, which is interesting. Um, the Giants, like I said, they've lost four straight. They're one and six. The, the Redskins are four and two. Um, who you pick here is pretty obvious. You're going to take the Redskins here. The Giants are bleeding. They're doing everything they can to stop the bleeding, but they've been trading away pieces the last couple of uh, days. Um, so they are selling right now, um, and I think that will not stop over the next couple of days. Guys have been worried if they're going to be traded. They haven't been as focused. Uh, like the leaders in that clubhouse, you know, Odell, uh, Solder, uh, Janoris Jenkins, Landon Collins. These are some names that have been thrown around in terms of trades. Uh, so I think, you know, they've been a little weary over this past week, and I don't think they're going to come into this game uh, completely mentally ready. 
to face the Washington Redskins, who are a very good team, who are now first place in the NFC East. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Redskins here. I think nobody's going to take the Giants uh, at this game. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, so this is an interesting game. Cleveland struggled as of late, but I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, it was a close game, like I said. This was a tie early on in the season, but I think now you're going to have to take the uh, the Steelers here. Even though they have Baker, they had Tyrod in that first game. Um, I think the Steelers have put it together as of late. They've won two straight. Uh, Antonio Brown and Big Ben looks like they have their connection going. James Conner's running away with it. Um, where Le'Veon is, I don't know, but I think that's I think they've kind of lived with that. I think early on in the season, they spent pretty much the entire offseason dealing with Le'Veon. So week one, uh, when they played Cleveland, it was a uh, they had a lot weighing on their mind. But I think they kind of live with it with Le'Veon. I think they've learned to play with it, and I think they get a win here uh, at home because it's a tough place to play also at Heinz Field. Indianapolis at Oakland. Uh, I'm taking Indianapolis here. Oakland is one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're one and five. They're coming off a bye week. I get it, but they just lost Marshawn Lynch uh, to a groin injury, so that's going to hurt them. This is a really good opportunity for the Colts to get a win. Take them to three and five. They're two and five right now. But they are favored in this game on the road at, with three points. Now, the Oakland Raiders are another team that's kind of trading it away a little bit, so guys have been worried pretty much the entire week. But I'm still, I'm still taking the Colts here. I think the Colts are the way better team. Off a of bye, John Gruden might be a little dangerous, but I'm taking the uh, Colts here. Next game, the 49ers versus the Arizona Cardinals. The 49ers travel to Arizona at 425. Why this is a 425 game, I don't know. Two 1-6 teams looking for their second win of the season. Um... I guarantee you nobody will be watching this game. No non-Cardinals fans, no non-49ers fans will be watching this game. And this is a tough pick, actually. Um, I'm going to take the 49ers. No, I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm taking my boy Josh Rosen and the Cardinals here. Um, I like the 49ers, but I still think Josh Rosen and the Cardinals are way better. They've had a problem over the last week dealing with... Uh, Again, the trading thing, Patrick Peterson, they've been dealing with that pretty much the entire week. So will that weigh heavily on them? I don't know. I don't think so. So we're going to take the Cardinals here uh, at home. Green Bay at the Rams. So this is a this is an interesting game I want to break down for a little bit here. So like I said, Green Bay, 3-2-1, and one, and the, are going to the 7-0 and Rams, 425. The Rams are favored by 9.5. 9.5. That is the second biggest line of the week behind the uh, Monday night game, Bills versus Patriots, which is understandable. Nine and a half is the biggest line, is the biggest underdog line that Aaron Rodgers has played in in his entire career. Uh, it's understandable. I get it. We have not played that well, and the Rams have been the best team in the league the last couple of years, the last couple of games, sorry. Um, there's a couple things going into this game. I think health is a big deal. Cooper Cup looks like he will not be playing. Uh, Jared, Jared Goff's number one target, J Cooper Cup, will not be playing, like I said. Um, and then health for the Packers. They're coming off a bye week, uh, so they've had two weeks to rest up. Yesterday, I believe, all 53 guys practiced for the Packers, which is a pretty insane thing to think about this late in the season, especially if you're a Packer fan. All 53 guys were suited up and practicing. Rodgers' knees got in a little bit of rest. So I think if there is a if there does come a time for an upset, I think this is a good week for the Packers to do it. They're healthy, they're rested, uh, they've had a bunch of time to prepare. No Cooper Cup, 
I'm taking the Packers here. I have to. I can't pick against them. Um, and it's going to be interesting come Tuesday's show because I'm going to be either really sad or really happy because I think we can seriously do this. I think a lot of teams have been doubting the Packers, but we usually start slow and we usually come on later in the season, and this is a good time for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to kind of turn it around a little bit, and this is a good time for the Packers to get a win and put themselves back into consideration because they have been disrespected a lot the last couple of weeks. So I'm taking the Packers here on the road. Uh, Book it. Next game, Sunday night's game, New Orleans at Minnesota. A very, very good game. A rematch of the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, I'm taking the Saints here, though, because the Saints have won five straight. Uh, Minnesota won last week versus a pretty bad Jets team. I know they've won three straight, but the Saints have just looked really, really good. They're pissed off after last year's heartbreaking loss to the Vikings. I'm taking the the Saints here. Easy. I think that's going to be an easy win for the New Orleans Saints. And a good win. And then last game, New Orleans at Buffalo Monday night. Why this is Monday night, I don't know. They should flex Green Bay, Los Angeles to the Monday night, but they won't. Um, I'm taking New England here. There's no way in hell Dick Anderson uh, beats the New England Patriots. I don't place any credence on the fact that it's at home. Bill's Mafia, I get it. You're some of the best fans in the NFL, but it's the Patriots. You're going to lose this game. I'm taking the Patriots um, in this game. I'm taking them big. So we got to, we're going to talk a couple of storylines here in the NFL before we go to college. Um, a couple things I want to talk about. Obviously, we'll talk about Chad Kelly first. Um, Chad Kelly, uh, we talked about it on the last show. Um, just a little recap for people who, who didn't listen to the show last week, um, last Tuesday. Um, Chad Kelly, everybody knows, a lot of people know who Chad Kelly is, but we'll wrap it up a little bit. Um, he was the quarterback for Old Miss. Uh, before he got suspended, uh, he was a quarterback at Clemson. We'll, we'll, let's go through his career a little bit. So he was in high school. He got kicked off his high school team for threatening to shoot shoot up the school with AK-47s. He posted some picture. Um, somehow made it to Clemson to play football. Got kicked off the team there for something. I can't remember what. Um, then he went to JUCO for a little bit. If you ever watched Last Chance U, uh, Chad Kelly went to uh East Mississippi State, I, I can't remember the school's name, um, but he went there where he turned it around a little bit, got a scholarship to Old Miss where he played really well for them um, and would have been a pretty decently high draft pick, but instead he got kicked off the team again for personal problems, off the field stuff. Um, he's had a lot of problems with substance abuse. He was hurt. Also, he, no, he never got kicked off Old Miss. Sorry about that. I wanted to clear that up. Um, he got hurt, actually, but again, there were some pictures posted of him. Um, when he was hurt, you know, there was a picture of him at a party, and there were some like drugs in front of him, stuff like that. And he, he, that all of that helped him to slip to the last pick of the draft. The Broncos picked him, um, and he was able. He's actually put together a pretty nice couple of years there for the Broncos. He was able to beat out a first-round pick in Paxton Lynch. Uh, he beat him out for the backup job to Case Keenum. Um, a couple of Broncos fans were even calling for him to start because Case Keenum has been struggling. But obviously, that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, Case Keenum, uh, not Case Keenum, sorry, Chad Kelly, uh, was at some Halloween party, I guess, Von Miller's Halloween party. He was at this Halloween party, he got into a fight with a teammate, they asked him to leave, he got in a fight with the security guards, um, he was drunk, and he, uh, after the party he left, after he got kicked out, he went to some random couple's house, snuck into their house, broke in, was lying on the couch, and the wife came out, was freaking out, um, and then eventually the the dad, the husband of the household, came in and uh, beat Chad Kelly up with a vacuum. 
which makes no sense. Um, but I guess we, that's as far as we got on Tuesday. But now he has been released. They decided to let him go. I guess John Elway was extremely mad at uh, Chad Kelly. He was extremely disappointed because, again, he is um, somebody who everyone kind of thought he turned it around, but he just hasn't. Uh, he's just gotten a ton. This is the problem I have with Chad Kelly. He's gotten a lot of second chances um, all up and down his career in football. You know, he got kicked off his high school team, got a second chance at Clemson, got kicked out of Clemson, got a second chance at Juco, made it to Ole Miss um, where he got hurt, and then he got to the NFL where he had, a, he had a second chance to resurrect his football career. He got a backup job. Things were going well, and he screws it up like this. Um, it's hard to make a uh, – it was hard to keep, make a uh, argument to keep him, and I'm glad they decided to get rid of him. He really needs to shape up if he really wants to start um, making waves in the NFL. I think he'll get picked up again if he starts to clean it up, um, but hopefully this isn't just another Johnny Menzel story, and this isn't the last we'll hear from him because he is a good talent. Um, so prayers out to him and his family. Hopefully he figures out what he needs to figure out. I think if his uncle wasn't Jim Kelly, uh, I think he would have been out of football a long time ago. But he's gotten these opportunities, and he should just stop wasting them. So the last story, no, second to last story is uh, Damon Harrison, Damon Snacks Harrison, the defensive lineman for the Giants, was traded to the Lions, uh, I think two days ago, um, for a fifth-round pick, which is a steal. Uh, he's only 29 years old. He was an All-Pro in 2016. He's one of the key members of the Giants defense, which has been really good the last couple of years. Um, he came from the Jets, where he, he was kind of under the radar a little bit, um, but he was a major addition for the Giants, and he played really well, and they in the they're kind of tearing it down now. Um, they traded Eli Apple on Monday uh, or Tuesday, and now they needed to. Uh, they're starting to trade away a little bit more, so they decided to trade Damian Harrison uh, to the Lions, which the Lions got a steal because he's a very good player. To get him for a fifth round pick is very rare, um, and that's really good for the Lions. Uh, last story I want to talk about was something that came out today. So the NFL did something they usually do not do. They fired a NFL referee. They fired down judge Hugo Cruz. Um, they fired him. This is the first time they have ever fired a ref during the middle of a season. Hugo Cruz, uh, if you don't remember him, Browns fans certainly do. Uh, he was the ref who has was supposed to make the call um, a false start versus Russell Okun in the Browns-Chargers game. Uh, it turned out he didn't make the call. It was a pretty obvious call he missed. Um and during that play, because he didn't call it, Phillip Rivers threw a ball down the field. It was a touchdown to Tyrell Williams. Uh, so it kind of screwed Browns fans. I know Browns fans hate it on the refs a lot, um, and I don't agree with a lot of it. But, again, this that was a pretty bad call. This is the first time they've ever fired a ref during the middle of the season, which is surprising. Um, and I don't think this is the one reason why, because refs miss calls all the time. Obviously, something happened or... Or maybe, I don't know what happened if he misses a bunch of calls. I don't know a lot about this guy. But again, this is an interesting story. Especially if I'm a Browns fan. I know we have a lot of Browns fans listening. Because um, they've been getting a lot of crap lately about how all, all Browns, fair, Browns fans care about is the refs. But again, this is a uh, a uh, an interesting situation that we've never really seen before. But we're going to move now to college. We're going to talk about some college football first. And then we're going to wrap it up um, and end the show. Uh, but before that, I had to remind you guys that 
Our show is also brought to you by A's Lawn Service. A's Lawn Service since 2014 has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here with some college football talk. Um, and then we'll get you out of here. So college football week, what is this, week eight? I believe we got some huge games going on. Um Ohio State's looking to bounce back this week versus Minnesota. Um, Florida and Georgia are playing. This is the first time that both teams have been top 10 ranked, uh, Florida being 9 and Georgia being 7. This is the first time that both teams have been ranked in the top 10 and playing each other since, like, 2011, I think. Um, the other ranked game we have against each other is Washington State and Stanford, 24 versus 14. Huge chance for Washington to crack that top 10, I think. Um other games, Notre Dame's playing Navy. Um, that's a huge That's a huge uh, upset team, Navy. They always seem to play teams pretty tough. Um, and is Notre Dame for real? We're not so sure. Iowa versus Penn State. Iowa's looking to cling to that uh, one loss because if they can cling to that, then they'll make it to the Big Ten Championship game. If they lose one more game, they'll be out of the, of the Big Ten Championship game and Wisconsin will be in. Um, so there were, we're still uh, Iowa fans here hoping that Iowa continues to win. Ain't that right, Bella? Um, Bella's my dog. Um, so, yeah, other than that, uh, I think that's pretty much it in terms of college football week nine. Um, only got a couple more weeks left. Like I said, the Ohio State's got a good chance for them to bounce back this week. Um, they are playing Minnesota. Are they playing Minnesota? Yeah. Um, unless they got oh wait nope never mind ohio state's got a bye week this week minnesota they play oh my gosh i am so off base here so ohio state has a bye week this week and then they play nebraska off the bye sorry about that people i just i know it confused a lot of you and that's my bad and i'm really sorry about that um so ohio state plays nebraska next week so on that note i think we're gonna go ahead and end the show again i'm sorry it was a little choppy today um i didn't have a ton of research done um but uh i appreciate you listening and i appreciate you following along so again go to itunes give us five stars rate reviews and subscribe um, i want to thank you to our sponsors these home cuts and his a's lawn service for their continued support Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 1-2. That's where you can talk to us about anything in terms of if you want to be a guest, questions you have on the show, comments, concerns, whatever uh, you want to ask us. That's the place to go, our Twitter. Listen to us on 12 Ounce tomorrow from 12 to 1. Uh, you can find us on YouTube too. Other than that, have a great day. Uh, tune in on Tuesday where we'll go over the World Series. Hopefully that will be wrapped up maybe. Um, and then we'll go over NFL Week uh, 8. So other than that, have a great day. Enjoy some football this weekend. Enjoy the weather. And uh, have a great day. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.